0: Everyone wants to be rich. Everyone wants a house and a white picket fence. There's bodies in a ditch. Reality got a glitch. No civil defense. Let the slaughterhouse commence. I dispense all these syllables to awaken true principles of life. Either fight or you die. Run away from the hood, hood, looking back at you. Run away from the hood, hood, looking back at you. Run away from the hood, hood, looking back at you. Run away from the hood, hood, looking back at you back at you, escaping what you used to cause it's running deja vu, escaping what you used to cause it's running deja vu, whiteys used to barbecue niggas just like you, everyone wants to be rich, everyone wants the house in the white picket fence, bodies in a ditch, reality has a glitch, no civil defense, spot the house commence. that lucid reality of a poisonous tree. Chase the fantasies like you caught up in a dream. Chase the fantasies like you caught up in a dream. Chase the fantasies like you caught up in a dream. Life is but like you caught up in a dream, life is but a scheme. Like you caught up in a dream, life is but a scheme. Everything that exists in this world is within us. So, whom is within us? Adams that I know us. Everyone wants to be rich. Everyone wants the house and a white picket fence. Bodies in a ditch. Reality has a glitch. No civil defense. Slots a house commits everyone wants to be rich everyone wants the house and a white picket fence bodies in the ditch reality has a glitch no civil defense Greeting, samuel thank you for joining the more podcast i'm so happy and excited to have you join us today and be talking to my listeners um Please tell me more about you, Samuel, and your business and, and everything that you have going on right now.
1: Hey, greetings, I'm um, Suicide there. I will say greetings from Ghana. It's uh, 6.55 p.m. here in Ghana, I know. Uh, okay, Samuel. Um, Samuel is this young guy, you're that, that from Ghana, and you know, here as a farmer and here as a a computer, you know, technician and, you know, probably I would say also an IT engineer. I would say my journey as a farmer and as an IT engineer has been amazing and it's been one of the best experiences I could say growing up has been exposed to. And growing up I had this passion and I was, you know, very good to it. That's when I had to start my farming. And along the line, I had to start with my company too, which was also one of the best experiences, I would say, that has really brought me out there in the world, has really put me out there in the world. When I say put me out there in the world, it has really given me that space. It has really given me that room to be able to showcase and be able to connect and be able to tell our story. I love that. You I know, love... be able to, yeah, be able to tell our story about who we are, about what we have, about what we do, and about what offers we can give out there, and about whoever is looking to explore, whoever is looking to invest. So that's one of the biggest things ever, I would say, that has really pulled, you know, a bigger change in my passion, a bigger change into what
0: I do. Yeah. I really love that. I really love the combination of IT meeting the farmer or that combination. That's, that's a really interesting combination because usually you find people who do one or the other, but you're in the space of both. So you get to see the, I guess, the dynamic force of nature and alongside with like artificial intelligence. So that that's really really an interesting dynamic so tell us about the farming life in ghana like is are there a lot of useful people who are getting into the farming scene in ghana what does that look like
1: yeah i would say the farming scene in ghana is not just as easy as we think it could be but uh, it's always always meant for the toughs if you are not tough you can't see yourself through you can't see yourself making up your way through it because you know i always say the system doesn't favor us. But you gotta get your head in everybody needs you three times in a day so you can you have to be able to put yourself there as a farmer to provide to everybody so um you need to be mentally strong you need to be mentally fit for this journey as a farmer and i always say that because you know you're gonna have a lot of experiences that is going to throw out your passion out there honestly that alone you gotta be ready for that a lot of experiences but it's it doesn't mean that you should give up because the more you push it the better it becomes don't limit the passion but i would say a lot of youth are trying to pull in but some of them once they pull in they get discouraged and they have to pull back right so it's a it's a big challenge now yeah
0: Yeah. what are you what are you farming right now and like where in ghana are you farming
1: um, in Ghana, we have a pineapple project, which is one, one of the main investment slots that is cited in the eastern region. And currently, I'm in the water region because I'm also working on the cassava plantation here too, wow. which you already started harvesting. So yeah, uh, so we say one in eastern region and one in the water region.
0: And how much do yeah. you guys usually harvest per season? Or how does that work?
1: Uh, For the, the cassava was something we started just recently. Uh, the, the pineapple has been there for over five years. And I would say, um, the pineapple is what I would give a rough figure out of it because we give it out investment slot where, you know, probably if you invest 3k, we may be ending up, you know, yearly, you may be ending up making 5k every year. So, you know, what we do is, um, what we do is, we grow for you, we sell for you, and we have a, a, a presenting scheme. Let's see once you invest in our, we probably have to strike a deal which goes for 50-50% profit present, and you have, you're going to take your seed money, and then you make your 50% out of profit out of it. So I would say, you know, as long as, as time's elapsed, we keep harvesting, we keep expanding your land for you. We keep losing more land and growing for you. So maybe maybe you can start with this year uh, with two acres. When you harvest, next acre is going to be four acres that will be harvesting for you. We're not going to be harvesting two acres again for you. Okay. So the more you can, we can get the extending, extending, extending. Yeah. So that's how we do it. That's
0: interesting. So you do it based off like investments of people. Like people will come in and say like, hey, I want to help support this farming business. You get acquired funds that way. And then you're able to grow that business yeah. So are you guys only doing focusing on pineapple and cassava or have you guys done other types of vegetables and fruits?
1: Um you know, you know, it's a business, right? It's someone's money you're using and it's an assurance you're giving out to that person. Um what we always say whenever you see you're looking out to farm you have to seek what we call market analysis.
0: Okay.
1: You have to do your market analysis and you know feasibility studies and all those things and no or will be able to you know, hit that target of profit return you're giving out to your client. So if your profit return is as promised as you want it to be, you have to stick to a plant or a crop that will yield or give back that profit return that you promise your client. You can't just run into anything or you know that there's no market available for it. So we give, we we, we reverse into things that have a market return and market availability.
0: Right. Yeah. And i'm what'm curious because when I was in Ghana, I did run into a few farmers that talked about the influence of international developers or or aid organizations that's coming into Ghana and changing the farming scene in Ghana. Have you witnessed any of that at all or changing of seeds or or well, anything I I, I I i got
1: I got a chance to really involve my friends was such as scas but I got to notice that. It's politically influenced. That's the whole thing because you have to know somebody to get to somewhere. You got to know somebody to get to wherever you're working out to do whatever contract you want to be open to. So sometimes I don't really rush into it, I don't really run into it because it's probably gonna take most of your time and it does it it end up not being worth it. So I always advise myself to go the harder way and then at four trying to cut corners and, you know, and up wasting a lot so I uh, always you know, you know when you experience it you don't have to work around your
0: clock with it right and what's your what's your passion about farming like why are you passionate about farming because a lot we're not we're now in this era in this space where people usually just want to go to the market or go to the store the convenience store and just get fruit and vegetables they don't want to really go through the labor of growing their own food so what inspired you to really want to do that?
1: Um, my inspiration as a farmer, I would say, has been, uh, has been what I've been through and what I've seen. And, you know, what I thought it's going to be in years to come is going to be a necessity that if you're not really exposed to it, if you're not really exposed to it, you can't get your head off it. That's what I've seen it to be. That if you're not really exposed to that kind of system, you'll not be able to make your way out of it. So, my passion was how, you know, I was really brought up and how I was really exposed to the world, you know. Um, that's how I started building up my passion because I feel like growing animals and growing plants is something natural. Just imagine watching uh, a living thing grow and, you know, going to something that can feed people and going to something that can feed the world and going to something that can pet or can, can be your friend. So uh, uh, that has been one of the most, you know, um, amazing thing ever to say and to experience too.
0: I love that. Okay, and what do you think the future of farming looks like in in Africa?
1: I think the future of farming is going to be something very big in Africa where there will be a huge necessity where people will be looking out for foreign aid be trooping into the country because we have the resources, we have the material to take in, we have everything here in Africa. So when I say we know we don't discover that as Africans yet, we have to know that the table is here to tend to foreign aids because it's already open. So I believe in years to come, Africa was going to be one of the biggest part in terms of farming, where a lot of, a lot of try- is will be moving to the country, you know, looking out to, you know, farm because the resources are here. The land is here. The water availability is here. All right. So I think it's going to be something big in Africa in terms of farming.
0: That's really true. Like right now in United States of America, California is going through has been going through a drought for a long time, and they get their water from I think Lake Mead, and it's just kind of really dried up, you know. So it, it's it's a lot of issues regarding water right now. So that's a really good point you mentioning water. So tell us a little bit more about your ecotourism business and and how that relates to farming and and everything of that sort. Like paint us a picture. Um, ecotourism has come when. um
1: being a passionate of you know farmer being a passionate of nature because we can be you know enjoying the beautiful time without forgetting to share and without forgetting to share historical part of it mm. you know everything echo ecology has a history behind it. anything uh biologically has a reason behind it so I believe you know we've been able to love nature and admire nature. Beside that, too, we can be able to write about nature. We can be able to share nature. So that is when AL Talk came into assistance where I was being able to share nature and, you know, write about nature. So my talk company was fully immersively, I would say, has given immense experiences, um, which has really brought up to, you know, the ways of which we explore Beautiful nature of Africa, especially West Africa. We dive into historical plots, traditional culture, backgrounds, and you know, you know, we discover more tourist attractions. So we more into creating experiences. We create immense experiences where clients will get to partake and be able to feel whatever they are doing and whatever they are seeing. So, Air Ecotor gives that service out there. And we give a lot of, uh, services ranging from group trades, solo tours, educational trades, you know, luxury tours, farm tours, which is one of our major targets where we take our clients to uh, farms, you know, you know, especially our pineapple farms, well, for them to have a taste and for them to have a lesson of how pineapple is grown. And how sometimes you offer the process of taking them to factories to see how it's been processed into juice. And sometimes when they feel like, oh, I just want to stay in nature and enjoy this fresh produce, fresh farm produce, we do all that too.
0: Right. Yeah. That's beautiful. So... It sounds like you're doing it all with the Al Eco Tours is your business, right? And you yeah. are bringing people from all different walks of life to the actual farming scene, and simultaneously, they have the opportunity to invest if they want to, which is like a beautiful dynamic right there. So that that's really great. And then on top of it, you're into the IT scene, so that that's pretty that's pretty good yeah thank you okay that's great so my other question is in relation to i guess the uh, the labor of farming like can you take us through like a a day uh, as to what it looks like to like manage your pineapple farm for example like what is what are the logistics you have to go through what is it that you have to look through and check off and all those types types of things
1: um, I would say in terms of managing my pineapple farm, um, I have uh, what we call labor division, right? I have a system that works like that where we don't stress much more of our workers. We have a labor decision division that when we have people who are going only to orbit control, these people are really good for with control. When we're going out there for people who are really good in... Uh, Fertigation, which is fertilizer application, we know that this session of people are going to do fertilizer. We don't mix different sessions together. We make sure labor division is being practiced and is practiced properly. Yeah. So we help most of our workers in terms of that kind of session because I would say I'm not only just going to the farm, but I also have people that I work with closely to closely because I have to be able to stand out there and question people's work and sometimes be able to, you know, ask and dive into why do you do this way? Why not this way? What benefit is it going to do when you do it this way? I, I give that open system because I know I'm working with experienced workers out there who also know what they are doing, but sometimes you have to be able to understand them and also bring your idea together. So it's like, you're not going there to boast out yourself, but probably also going out there to learn. So right. that's how I do my work.
0: I, I love that. I love that you're you're talking about that collaboration piece. So how many different workers do you end up having on the farm usually?
1: It depends it depends on what calls for a day. When uh, when, it's, uh, when you are planting today, it depends on the capacity of work which we are doing. If you're planting like four acres here, you, know, you need to know we're going to have a lot of people planting. But if you're doing fertigation, you know we're going to have many more people doing fertigation. If you're doing harvesting, you know we're not going to have a lot of people harvesting. So that's how it is.
0: Okay. And do you know, like, what are some future vegetables and fruits that you're thinking about planting in the future?
1: Uh, vegetable, I would say it depends on the market. When I have a huge market that is looking to buy a particular type of vegetable, sure, I can venture into regardless. But one thing I always say before you consider planting some of the things, you have to look at the, uh, the climatic condition. When I talk about a climate, climatic condition is the, the condition at which the plant can grow favorably. You know, there are conditions that in Ghana that the plants cannot grow favorably. There are certain plants that are not very comfortable to uh harsh weather which is much sun mm-hmm. understand so
0: that's
1: all that matters you have to look into all that before you grow yeah
0: that makes sense and what are your thoughts around i guess climate change on farming like has climate change really been impacting how you been farming in ghana like what have you seen yeah.
1: Climate change has been one of the biggest challenges I would say because last year when I started my, uh, I had a climate change where I was expecting rain to be falling this month, this part of the year. Mm-hmm. So I planted into this part of the year, which is June, July. So my goal is I wasn't using any irrigation system. So my goal is to rely on the on the rain. Mm-hmm. Even imagine planting into June and then expecting the rain to be for there was no rainfall in June. You
0: said, let me pause for a second. because so there, there was static. You said that imagine planting in June and you're expecting rainfall in July and it doesn't happen?
1: Yeah, oh. and it doesn't happen. Okay. So, that means your plants are going to go, they're going to start, and the speed at which you're planting, uh, uh, expecting them to grow, you're going to meet that target.
0: Okay, and then what, what was your what was your solution that's, that's. around that? Like, did you try to create an irrigation system then, or how did that work out?
1: No, what what the farm was cycling there was no means as which we can create irrigation because we are looking to be we are looking to grow under the rain fed condition where we rely on the natural rainfall.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Wow, that's difficult. So, what did you end up doing? Like, how did you? take that down. and
1: then I had, I, had, I had to be able to cover the damages by myself
0: wow and how did
1: Understand? you do uh the some of the plants it was uh stem cutting propagation so some of the plants couldn't germinate so I had to pull them out and replant them
0: Oh wow! to make
1: sure we have a uniform uniform growth so yeah
0: wow okay and do you have like a, a website that my listeners can go to to like learn more about the work that you do and try to get involved? Um,
1: the work that I do currently, we're working on a website, but for my tour business, uh, I have a company website that is alecotor.com. So, you know, with that, you can access alecotor at gmail.com for my email. If any of them want to learn more, yeah, and this is, it's not a big deal. They can easily reach out to me and then, yeah, we can take it out from there.
0: Okay. Right, great. Because you seem like a great resource for trying to invest in Ghana. So thank you so much for your time. And I really appreciate you, Samuel. And I hope you guys are listening well. Go to com or reach out to their email and I'll actually have it in the description. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed sharing with us.
1: I really uh, I really uh, Thank you for this great opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank Appreciate you. It.